As men, we want to be the hero. We want to know that we are good enough and strong enough. You know, however, the world's expectations keep us always questioning and doubting. How can we get in touch with the hero behind the cape that we show to the world? What does it take to challenge the world's expectations and seek growth in God's kingdom? So, today you're going to join myself, Chad Hendricks, and Jeff, as we're going to journey through some vulnerable self-discovery through personal stories and practical action. Learn to be the hero God wants you to be, and you can be proud of. Welcome to Behind the Cape. Jeff, welcome back to the podcast. Good to see you here. It's great to be back with you, Chad. Today, what we're going to be introducing is we're going to go through a book study, actually, over the next few weeks. And the book is Five Marks of a Man by Brian Tome. And Jeff, this is a book that when I asked, I said, what should we start off with? Is there a book that you've read? Is there a book that you've started in the past and never completed? What do you want to get through? This was one of the ones on the list. Tell me why it was on the list. I got to say, this has been one of the more, um, it is it, it, very simple concepts and yet very profound impact on my ability to talk about uh, some of the main characteristics of, you know, what I think it takes to be a good godly man. Um, and that, you know, where I got exposed to this originally was uh, years ago, even with just some of the material being presented at church, there was a series called The Wolf Pack. And it was talking about how men gather in groups, uh, how it relates to kind of the alpha male and how wolves, you know, kind of work together. And that it was starting to, to, to call out the differences between the ways that like women find friendship and the way that men work in friendship. And it was just, it was needed right at the time when I was, you know, in my early thirties, starting to think about like, I'm not really friends with my college, you know, buddies anymore. I'm not going out drinking. I've got three kids. How do I have meaningful friendships now that I feel like a real adult, right? And I have a greater level of responsibilities and it it's things like working side by side with someone, having a common vision, um, like having some sort of greater purpose that we're striving towards and, and that there's meaning and intention. And so as, as I went through that series, I got really excited, started joining um, a men's group, started to help lead a men's group. And this material got put together uh, into a book that I felt like did such a great job of capturing some of those basic stories and elements of like, all right, what are, what are five things that you might look for in determining a strong man versus someone who's behaving like a boy? And I think, <laughs> going to throw some vulnerability here. I think even now, you know, as I'm looking through this, I can see that there's parts that I'm personally diving into that I'm showing up as a man. But even Brian, I, he said, the author said in one of his interviews, like, I wrestle with boyness every day. Um, there's, a, there's a piece that, you know, always comes back and it's, it's continually looking at those things. So what's interesting is I think maybe going, let's go through the definition of what, where this came from, where he's writing this from. And really where it comes from is he's using 1 Corinthians. The, it's the be watchful, stand firm, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Um, that's where he's pulling this from. And he's saying, you know, be watchful. You need to have some type of vision. A man will have a vision of where he's going. And what's really interesting about that is a lot of times there's 
Bible verses. Uh, I can't remember which one it is. We'll look it up, you know, when we get into that chapter. But it specifically talks about having vision. And if you don't have a vision, how you're going to be destroyed and go away. Um, and it's one of the Bible verses that I looked up that says the most misunderstood Bible verses of all time. And that's one of the verses where it's talking about the vision. So I'm looking forward to actually diving into that. But the other pieces of it, so stand firm. And where he interprets that is you need to be willing to be in the minority. You need to be able to take a minority position and know that you're on the right side of this decision, even if there's much against you, which is a well, really fascinating I, piece. As I think about what, you know, one of the founding elements of why we're doing this podcast is trying to help bring out some of those conversations of like, where, where does the world say we should be going, how we should be acting, how we should behave and act like a, like a hero. Um, and just the word hero doesn't mean the same things. If you're thinking about it from a worldly context versus a kingdomly context, like a kingdom context. And so sometimes being the hero requires that you push against what the world would say you know, the, where the pack is moving, uh, and that you in fact have to kind of push against that and be the one that's strong enough to stand up and be vulnerable and maybe take a little bit of ridicule in a position that might, you know, go against the grain. Well, and they talk about in the introductory chapters about when you don't do that, when those things are missing, when you do fulfill the world's expectations, what ends up happening in, they say in multiple interviews, you know, one of the things that are in common with most prison inmates is the absent father, the lack mm -hmm. of a man in their life. You know, they give other stats where it was like daughters in female head of households were four times likely to be in poverty, repeat a grade, have emotional problems, depression, obesity. So when we're looking at these characteristics of a man, what we're really talking about is when they're missing, it causes a lot of issues. Oh, absolutely. And, and that would be where I think in general, we're talking about the world's expectations versus God's expectations. Yeah. And I, I think uh, as we get into this too, there's going to be a lot of times where we say like, you know, men have a vision um, and boys, you know, play for today. Right. And also I think you can, you can refer to that too, of like kingdom heroes versus like worldly heroes. Like those who are striving for success in this world are going to behave more like boys than those who are striving for something greater and deeper, kind of being a hero towards the kingdom. And I think that's going to play really well towards how we're trying to unpack this concept of, you know, looking behind the cape, like what's the persona that we try to put on uh, as we go out into the world and try to have worldly success versus the like, what could actually make us stronger and feel more confident underneath. So um, you know, I, I think, you know, highlighting a couple of those already of where we're going, that men have vision, men take a minority position. Another one too, is thinking about like that men are team players. It, this isn't an individual journey, uh, even though it can feel that way sometimes. And I'm, I'm excited to get into that space and be vulnerable too, of like, where is it that I'm trying to do everything on my own? And that when I can't do it on my own, I feel like a failure, that, man, that, that is not something God ever modeled for us. There's just nothing in the Bible that says, go out on your own and do all these things, right? Like it's go out in twos, go out and make a family, right? Like have community, have your 12, have your 72, right? Like have um, these others, you know, use your skill sets in combination with other people's skill sets to combine. Yeah. So they're using the word men as in plural, 
you know, it's not act like a man. The verse actually says act like men. Um, in which that goes back to the hero definition. You know, for a long time, hero was Superman or Batman. They are definitely an individual going out there fighting the crime and doing all that stuff. But maybe that's changing now that we have Avengers. You know, and there's a whole group yeah. of them working together. <laughs> so maybe that's changing. And then the next piece was be strong. And how he's interpreting that is you need to do work. Like there's mm. work involved in getting this done. <laughs> it's funny. I, I just saw yesterday there was a story about uh, a father kept telling his sons that he would tell them the, the meaning of life when they were 12. And finally a boy became 12 and um, he said, okay, I'm ready. What's the meaning of life? And the dad is a farmer. They're dairy farmers. And he said, here's, here's the meaning of life right now is people expect that cows give milk. Cows don't give milk. Mm. You have to get up at 4 a.m. You have to tie the tail. You have to do all this work. And you have to actually milk the cow. You have to, Yeah, you have to up. take that milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that cow's not just going to give it to you. It takes work. Um, and so I just found that fascinating. That was just yesterday thinking about that. Well, I mean, I think that's so interesting, too. I was talking with some of my uh, students out at Miami University in my creativity and leadership class this last week, talking about, like, how can you find a job, a, a future, a career that is easy, effortless, and enjoyable. Um, and that's a process from another professor there, Jim Friedman, that asks his students, all right, you should only be doing things in life that are easy, effortless, and enjoyable. And students kind of nod their head that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, we should. All right, now go ahead and write a list of all the things you do in your life that fit all three of those criteria. And it's just crickets. And people start to write a few things down. And then as they start to share, you realize, there is nothing that you can do in life. There is nothing that is easy, effortless, and enjoyable only, right? All the time. Some people said, yeah, like hanging out with family. Really? Is hanging out with family always enjoyable? <laughs> like, no, not all the time, right? And so it goes much deeper into like, how do you actually pull things out and recognize that the work is meaningful, right? That it fulfills a greater purpose in my life. And therefore that creates that sense of joy. Um, it may not always be effortless, but that the work is worth it. So yeah, absolutely. That's an important characteristic to get into. And the fifth one, they're taking the let all that you do be done in love, putting that as we're expected to be a protector of the things that we do love is the interpretation that he puts on that. This is, um, this is probably my, I, I think my favorite one at the moment that men are protectors um, because of one of the ways that I, I used this book a uh, couple summers ago. So I've told my daughters, I don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before or not, but I've, I've told my daughters, I have three of them right now, they're 15, 13, and 11, that when they turn 13, their birthday present is one week with me anywhere in the world. They pick the place and it's just father and daughter and I'm, and I'm going to go. They plan the trip and I pay for it. And I have a greater purpose in mind, which is this is a transitional moment, kind of turning 13, where I would expect they might start to think about boys differently. They might start considering dating. Um, each daughter seems to have differing levels of excitement around that concept, but I want to start speaking into it. And so on that trip, I got to do one with my oldest, Lily. Each day of the trip, I talked through 
one of these criteria. And it just started with like, Hey hon, what, if you were to start dating, you know, what would you be looking for in a boy? Like what would make a, a good, a good boy to date? She said, well, um, I guess I'd want him to be nice. Okay. Yeah. I'd want him to be nice too. And anything else? And well, I guess nice to me. Okay. That seems also important. And then, then I got to tee up like, Hey, as your father, I, I see things in men that I'd be hoping for in a boyfriend for you and a future husband. And each day I want to talk through one of these characteristics. And so each day we spent 20 minutes while we were on like a subway train somewhere, you know, while we were waiting in line for an activity and I would just talk about one of these characteristics. And that last one got me kind of choked up, right? Like that I would want a boy, a man for you that's, that's a protector of you, that protects your identity, that protects your, um, I don't know, like, like your person to the outer world, right? And, and I don't know, there's just something about that, like as a father, that's like, man, I do, like, that's a characteristic I want her thinking about, like, oh, is this a person that's going to protect me? Or are they kind of just in this relationship for themselves? You know, what's interesting about that being the last one, and I don't know if that is on purpose at all, but when I, when I think back on my own journey, and I think about my own relationship with my wife, and when we dated, that was probably the one that I messed up the most. Mm. Um, and I can really, I can look back and see those moments, moments when I didn't stand up for her or I didn't show her the love at the time that I could have. And I, that one, I think, was the hardest one for me. And I don't know if that mm. has anything in general to do with most men or not, or if it's just a unique thing of which one is the hardest for you as a man uh, as you're going through that journey, or if that's going to be one that is the last one on the list. Yeah, that is because I, I can see right now, just even in that story, like, yeah, going up through my late 20s into early 30s, like I was nailing the men work aspect, right? Like I was putting in the hours, I was putting in the time and energy, I was delaying gratification. Um, but that didn't mean that I was really thinking about the needs of my new wife, right? And then new mother, once we started having kids, right? Like, what does she need? And how do I protect her? That did not get as high a priority as the like, how do I work hard? Um, and I think that's going to be a good place for us to explore, because I imagine that there's going to be a lot of men in, in a similar space that, you know, like, oh, okay, I get I can work, I can buckle down. But that might become very individualistic, and you kind of forget the needs of others around you. Um, and as men, as you know, kingdom heroes, we, we need to be aware of those we impact and, and how we bring them along on part of that journey. What's interesting to me in all of this was the idea that, you know, Jesus was considered a, a man and a really good man. And, and they kind of questioned it. And, you know, there's no answer, obviously, because they don't have it. But, you know, when did Jesus become a man? Like, what age was that? Was there a certain age where all of a sudden he started exemplifying these things? <laughs> I just, I just went to a, a service last night at our church with a biblical scholar, uh, Bob, I forget his last name, but Bob was saying, um, like there was, there was a key moment kind of dis described in the Bible where Jesus went missing and his parents had to find him and they found him in a synagogue, basically like speaking God's truth to all these other wise counsel people around. And he was 12 years old. 
And he said kind of something sassy to his parents. Like, why were you, why were you worried about me here? Here I was doing God's work here. I am with my father. Right. The 12 year old thing to say. And, and what I love, what I love Bob was calling out is like, can you just imagine the frustration from that mother? Right. Like she spent days looking for you. And then the son sasses back and it's like, what, what, what were you so worried about? I was here with my doing kingdom work. And the mom's like first reaction is like, oh boy, you're in so much trouble, right? Like just thinking about how would that actually play out in real life? Wait till I tell your father. Right. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Even if you're talking to the, the son of God himself, right? Like, but he's still a 12 year old boy. Oh, well, he was becoming a man and starting to take on his true identity and being confident in that. Yeah. So I think that's, that is a good, uh, a good thought to be thinking through. There was a book that was written by some teenagers called like Do Hard Things. It's been a while since I've seen that one. But what, what was interesting in that is they talk about historically, from an age standpoint, when you were 12, you had a job, mm-hmm. right? You might've been doing some important things. I remember one of the, the examples they gave was, you know, this 12 year old uh, was the one that mapped out the, the state of Virginia, you know, the entire state, you know, hmm. cartography wise back in the day, it was a 12 year old and did all the stuff that was in charge of it. And it was George Washington, <laughs> right? That was like his first like job. Yeah. You know, what, what a responsibility. And back then it was like, you would have chains and like logs that you would tip over to like measure the distance. Like it was like, you didn't I mean, have when, GPS and stuff. When I was 12, I worked really hard to try to beat Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation. Like I remember that being a really, that was a hard job. You know, I was working hard at that. <laughs> oh, video games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, it's this thing that I sometimes wonder if that's still the boyness that comes out in me is, is games. Um, mm. And is that bad? I don't want to say it's bad. Um, oh man, anyway, no, but like it does come out. Yeah, that that's going to be good to get into because God wants us to experience joy and fun and spontaneity, um, you know. But but not at the loss of others, right? Like not at you know, like care for your wife. She is a fragile vase. Or how do we protect her? Um, and us just ignoring to play games. That's not going to be great. But thinking about yeah, how do I bring the concept of games and fun in? And I'm just, I'm excited to, to go into kind of this five-part series, break each of these down separately. I know more and more stories are going to come out. And I know next week's is a, is a doozy that men have vision. It is a, a powerful one. When I've talked through this concept with men's groups in the past, it's one that we can spend multiple weeks on, you know, like just talking through of like, what are the examples where you've set visions and they've worked and they haven't? And I think this will relate back to um, the recent three-part series we just finished too, of thinking about how do you, you know, kind of plan out a year, hold yourself accountable, write and make goals. It has a lot to do with, all right, if you feel like you've got a vision, how do you actually activate it? So it'll be fun to link these, uh, those two concepts together next week. That'll be great. So looking forward to that. I guess the last thing I'll just end on here, Jeff, is, you know, the other Bible verse that got brought up in the introduction here, which was, mm-hmm. you know, it's first Corinthians. I didn't write down the other information. It's in first Corinthians. I'm sure first, you can find first it. Corinthians somewhere. You go check it out. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Man, I hope that doesn't mean give up uh, trans- terraforming Mars on Tuesday nights with my buddies. <laughs> what? I have no idea the words you just said. Terraforming Mars? 
Oh, or Catan. Any of the board games oh, okay. that are like okay. famous? Cat yeah. Catan, I'm aware of. The other one sounded like complete gibberish. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, no, that'll be fun. Because I was sounding like, like a child, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Because I do think we we we're gonna have to you know thread the line carefully, or you know balance the line. I don't know what the metaphor is here, but we're gonna have to be careful about the the balance between just becoming all about responsibility versus like, no, God wants us to experience joy and have fun. Um, and it's just in the context of like, what is the intent and purpose? And have you taken care of your first and biggest priorities before doing that? Like, do you know what your wife is up to and how she's feeling as you go and you leave for that Tuesday night, you know, hangout, um, something about Mars, you know, whatever you're doing with yeah. board games and stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Well, good. <laughs> well, next great. week we'll be talking about vision. And so that'll be a great conversation to start off with. So looking forward to everything next week. Yep. Thanks, Chad.